0: Let's get ready to draft
1: Draft. the universe. universe.
0: Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, he messed up. (laughs) Theme song.
1: And Peggy you again. <laughs> Welcome back to Draft the Universe, the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. We're here to finish up our wrestling debate. I'm Jafar.
2: I'm Chris, and I'm Ben.
1: All right. When we left off last week, uh, at the end of the first round, uh, Jafar was at four points, Chris was at three, and Ben was at two.
0: Yep. And Ben was upset about it, I believe. Yeah. That was that was that was a, a crooked call by the ref, Chris. There.
1: Mm. But it's been a whole week. You haven't calmed down at all?
0: No. He tapped out. Okay. He didn't he got his shoulder up. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about here.
1: Thanks, Earl. All right. So round two. Chris versus Jaffer is the first match. Alright. Referee, all right. what are our criteria?
2: Number one. Recast. Put your wrestler into a nineties movie as its starring role. Which movie and part do you cast them in? And who had the best reinvention? See, I'm glad this one didn't come up for me. My guys never reinvented themselves. It's true. It's damn true. Man.
1: Chris, you pick
0: first. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to sit over here and <clears throat> squirm over my choices. I, I've got like a couple of like, this could be funny, but it's real close to the line. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with at five foot two. Weighing one hundred and thirty seven pounds from Osaka, Japan. The one, the only Empress of tomorrow, Asuka. Alright. Andrew Fair.
1: Hailing from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Weighing two hundred and twenty seven pounds. The Lionheart. The keeper of the list. Y two J Chris Jericho. One of his nicknames is The Lionheart? Yeah, the Lionheart. That that was the like fast. his old school gimmick. And in fact, if you look at all of his, like, foreign wrestling names from before he had made it, they are all just whatever Lionheart is or some variation of. Okay,
0: so Chris, put Asuka into a 90s movie. Alright, our story begins on Wednesday, March 22nd, 1995. If you're asking me why it's that specific, that's because it's on the Wikipedia page. Lionel Spaulding arrives at the five-star majestic hotel, where he is accidentally drenched by an, overfly, uh, by an overflowing fountain due to a prank by Kyle and Brian. Much to the stress and frustration of the hotel manager and the boys' widowed no. father, Robert Grant, he is disappointed with the boys, but they are guaranteed a vacation, only to be forced to delay the trip for a third time by the ruthless hotel owner, no. Elena no. Dubro, no. due to the <laughs> upcoming Crystal Bar Ball, where one of the guests is revealed to be a critic from Le Monde traveler organization who they hope will reward the Majestic a six star. At that <laughs> moment, son of a bitch. Lord Rutledge, a jewel thief, arrives with an orangutan Sorry. With a Japanese wrestler named Asuka. Asuka <laughs> checks in, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just, uh... Yeah, Oscar, Oscar, Jackson. You've got it's like the classic '90s story of the the outsider and the child, right? You, uh, you've seen it twice before in Home Alone, Home Alone Two. Um, <coughs> you've got uh, you know there's a uh, there's a language barrier, right? Um, I think that the scenes involving pizza will be especially uh, uh, interesting. Um, let's not forget, of course, uh, hold on a second. Who played the butler?
2: I know Jason Alexander is the dad. Yeah,
0: Jason Alexander is the dad. (laughs) Well, regardless, um, you know, they get into hijinks and, uh, this, uh, Japanese, um, undefeated wrestling, wrestling champion, um, uh, manages uh, to they, they they team up and they foil uh, a jewel heist and they are rewarded with a, a vacation to Bali.
1: <laughs> Fucking Oscar chase. I, I don't have words right now, Chris.
2: <laughs> okay, Jafar, where's uh, where's Chris Jericho making his uh, his s- silver screen debut? Um
1: debut would be correct uh given the time frame for this film Mm -hmm. uh park he's going to the island playing dr ian malcolm
0: chris jericho's ian malcolm
1: can you imagine how good is that how good is that guys i mean really like if anyone ever could replace jeff goldblum in that role
2: That's that's the only issue, is can anyone replace Jeff Goldblum? I think think
1: Chris Jericho can. I think,
2: like, older
0: Jeff Goldblum can replace (laughs) Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Life finds a way, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like, just, I mean, owning the camp and selling it up. Chris Jericho got a fucking scarf over You think he can't handle Jurassic Park?
0: My only problem is that I don't think that it would be um, believable for him to get attacked by a t-rex and lose so
1: well he doesn't i mean
0: he well, just ian he's in the gets, car ian malcolm gets maimed and runs away basically well he
1: gets the car gets flipped on him and it hurts his legs and then he gets taken away yeah. which has happened on wrestling
2: i was saying dennis
1: nedry you just made the list
2: i do want to see that so i'm giving this one to uh to Motherfucker,
1: I did. Oscar checks in. Oscar checks really? really, do You think I, I, that was some gold mine, Chris? No,
2: I do appreciate. <laughs> it I really do.
1: <laughs> I'm sitting here in pain thinking about it. Oh, I am also. Oscar I am also
2: really happy with myself for how quickly I realized what you were doing there.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I to I've never seen Dustin checks in. Dustin. So. I'm f- further proving my point.
2: Okay, who has had the best reinvention, Jafar? Are you trying to tell me Chris Jericho has changed his his gimmick?
1: What? Chris Jericho is probably the person who has changed his gimmick the most. Um, as long as we're not just counting straight face heel turns, because then you know Big Show. Uh, but Chris Jericho has many, many different characters and personas that he's played over the year. You know, he's played the young upstart, um, you know, the Y2J thing, um, the Lionhearted when he started his career. Um, he's played the crybaby heel in every form possible and perfected that to a point where I don't think there will be a better one ever. um, to the modern era uh the best friends with uh kevin owens the list getting a scarf over it's he's a treasure
0: all right i'm i'm sorry i'm 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 jumping backwards to the last round and i'm just imagining that i I had forgotten to account for one thing which is that oscar shows up wearing a creepy doll mask and it's actually kind of a really terrifying film at the beginning (laughs) so okay um so let's go back through Oscar's known aliases: um, Kana, Kana Hime, Ramen Woman. That's from the Wikipedia article, not a joke. Um, I'm an, I'm assuming that that probably has a more um, nuanced meaning in Japan because it kind of feels vaguely racist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my I think my favorite um, Skull Reaper Kana. Um, all right Yes, (laughs) Skull Reaper Kana uh, and then uh, Tomoe Gozen Um, but I think that what most people fail to to, to make the connection is that um, Asuka is on television in the United States uh, all over the world Uh, she has quite an audience um, for a traditional uh, Japanese death spirit because she's a Shinigami originally
2: so what your theory presupposes
0: is that Asuka is actually a, a, a Shinigami. Shinigami. She likes apples. That's it it certainly explains the weird mask, let's be honest, right? Um, she gods are supernatural spirits that invite humans towards death. That, so it, would, it it would it would explain why she's currently undefeated? Well I mean Because
1: she is if, she's, if she's a Shinigami, we're just waiting for the Winchesters to show up, right? that's a tv show Jafer, they're not real oh sorry
0: the winchester's <laughs> I always aren't, get it confused come on grow up the winchesters aren't real <laughs> yeah and but they've got this great series of books that i've read okay but i mean i do have some more concrete evidence but yeah you have to agree to like like we'll keep this a secret we'll bleep it out and then the podcast it won't be in the podcast right yeah okay so i, I found this black notebook uh, and every time I okay, no, an no, name, I'm, I'm giving it to Asuka <laughs>
2: I'm giving it to Asuka I don't want to know I don't want to know <laughs> got enough problems with the commissioner I don't want to deal with, the, with a Japanese death spirit okay so this takes us to a tiebreaker yes it does okay who would you want as your tag team partner Chris why would you want Asuka as your tag team
0: partner I think that Asuka is one of the most technically impressive uh, wrestlers working in the WWE. Uh, and that's not just in the women's division. I think that, uh, you know, her her lineage uh, coming from uh, the Japanese scene really shows. Uh, she's definitely a force to be contended with. Her sense of style is fantastic. Um, and i think that i would look really good with a very creepy baby mask on and a mascara black strip across my eyes and i um i know that in fact because sometimes i do that sometimes i i I will put on my creepy baby face mask and draw the black strip on my eyes there's also a really cool back and forth you know like me and her working together i write a name in my notebook you know she don't Don't remains she remains undefeated um and if she were to ever really fall in love with me then she did then she would die so it's you know you've got that tension that makes for a good storyline
1: chris jericho has had a whole lot of tag team partners and a whole lot of success with all of them he teamed with the rock he's teamed with the miz um there was y2aj for a minute there yeah y2aj was great um
0: that's, wait a second, that's Will Smith and and Chris Jericho? Willennium? What? His, oh,
1: Kevin Owens, Lance Storm. Uh, he teamed with uh, Big Show. Was Jarrah Show, that was a great one. Um, and given the amount of success that he's had with all of his partners, I would really, I mean... I would – obviously, I am not a professional wrestler, so if I were suddenly tag team Wait, partners – Wait, what? I know. I know. <laughs> no. I know my figure might deceive you, but uh, – Just uh, an
0: indie, indie wrestler 15, 20 years ago. Jaffair, right? I have to say this, and I really mean it. You take an aluminum chair like a pro, buddy.
1: <laughs> I have I have a, a little history in backyard, but uh, – uh. Anyways, uh, you know, I would be uh, – able to learn from the greatest of all time. If Chris Jericho were my tag team partner and that is a tremendous opportunity. And so I would be stoked if I was Chris Jericho's tag team partner for that reason.
2: Um, I, I appreciate Chris Jericho's lineage. I also know he betrays his tag team partners all the time.
1: Well, he gets betrayed by his stupid tag team partners all the time. I am loyal, not going anywhere. I, Actually, I, just, I,
0: th- I think you're probably going to the hospital after
1: the first match, buddy. I I, yeah. I
2: just know a lot of people were really mad as soon as they introduced the Y2AJ shirt, he betrayed AJ Styles.
1: I was so mad.
2: Uh, also, I feel like I don't want to get between Chris and Asuka. I feel, like, I feel like it's
0: destiny. It's meant to be. Also, I'm terrified of her. So <laughs> Asuka gets in. Somebody is not getting their name written in my black notebook. I'm Chris am assuming gets that's two a point. reference to
1: something. Chris gets two points, and I get one. Damn <laughs> Ben. <laughs> Next up is Ben versus Chris. All right. The first criteria, kayfabe is not dead. What does your pick do to keep it alive? And the second criteria is... Pick a, pitch a sweet new tag team for your wrestlers. Um, so your wrestler and then you pick someone else, not the other pick. What's their team name?
2: Coming to the ring, standing six foot two, weighing 287 pounds, from Truth or Consequences
0: New Mexico,
2: Cactus Jack.
0: Bang, bang. Chris? What's that in the distance? That mountain? No, it's getting closer. What is that? It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's seven foot four inches tall, five hundred pounds. It's the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. All right. Would you like
2: a peanut? <laughs> so. This is Ben getting nuts. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Ben,
1: kayfabe is not dead. What does your pick do to keep it alive? So,
2: Cactus Jack uh, became a mainstay of ECW, which is extreme, it is it is violent, and culminated with...
0: Well, I want to take a swing at that that acronym before we get too far away. Yeah. ECW is that... Euro-Canadian wrestling? Is it some kind of like across the Pacific like a Commonwealth wrestling federation?
2: Extreme championship wrestling.
0: That's kind of boring.
2: Um, he... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. He once in the middle of a match ripped off half of his ear and finished the match. If you were telling me that a man who flaming tables covered in barbed wire breakfast came out to the the ring with a two by four covered in barbed wire Pfft, every day rips his ear off and finishes the match locks like gets his head twisted up in the ropes and doesn't say oh god oh god i could die instead forces his head through at significant loss to his own face if you have seen cactus jack smile you know He's missing a lot of teeth, and you know what? He wears those missing teeth as a badge of honor. Wait, like like as a necklace? No, no, <laughs> as as in he hasn't he isn't wearing fake teeth. That's a that's like a really missed opportunity for a gimmick there, right? That is that that would be cool.
1: Isaac Yankum, man, he's got that unlocked. I'm
2: guessing they weren't in one piece.
1: Sure, sure. Um,
2: yeah, a man who is willing to light himself on fire constantly. He will go the distance to keep kayfabe alive. Okay. Oh, for the uninitiated, Jafar, do you want to tell do you want to tell everybody what kayfabe is?
1: Oh yeah, that might be important. Um, kayfabe Wait, is.
0: Hold on a second. Wrestling is great. It is a hundred percent real. Um, now, everybody who really felt that resonate. Plug your ears for about 10 seconds.
1: Yes. Um, kayfabe, to break kayfabe for a moment, is the acknowledgement, the unspoken acknowledgement between the wrestling entertainer and athlete and the audience that what is going on is actually happening. So to break kayfabe is to say wrestling is fake and to know that that is not actually the case i would i would air with bill goldberg and say that wrestling is predetermined uh
0: yeah i mean max landis has gotten enough airtime on our podcast so fuck him but wrestling isn't wrestling yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah anyway yeah chris um so mr mr andre the giant um he was much much taller than pretty much anybody that you've ever met Um, at seven foot four, he was a full foot and an inch taller than me. And that is just unheard of. Um, he weighed approximately one third of a fully grown cow. Um, he's just a very huge dude. Um, a snake to Andre the Giant is like a gummy worm. Um, but in order to sell kayfabe, Andre the Giant pretended to have a heart attack because he was very, very afraid of snakes. Was this in a feud with Jake the Snake? Uh, uh, yeah, this yeah. was
1: at, uh, I think it was the 88 or 89 Royal Rumble. Okay. Jake threw the snake into the ring, and Andre, like, faked a heart attack and fell over the top rope. Oh, man. Yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, these are both excellent examples of maintaining kayfabe. Um they make me proud to say kayfabe is not dead. Um, and in this one, I think I'm gonna have to go. Andre did a good job selling that snake, but Mick Foley is the living embodiment of kayfabe. That's fair. So I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Ben.
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to point it out, but um, Andre the Giant has. He has no soul getting hit by like a two by four. So like. Yeah. <laughs> Kayfabe is complicated when it comes to, to him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, sometimes you no know sell getting hit by a two by four because you're Andre the giant. And that is Kayfabe. Yeah. It could, it could really go either way. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to hear a sweet new tag team for what your wrestler. Um, what, and I need their team name as part of it.
2: Okay, is this the wrestler as they are now, or is this, like, in their prime?
1: You can you can choose the I, wrestler I, I, from any point in their career. Okay, all right. So if you want, like, young Andre, or, like, world champion Andre, or whatever you want to do with Cactus Jack, if you want ECW Cactus Jack, if you want WWE Cap- Cactus Jack.
2: WCW Cactus Jack. Yeah,
1: whatever, whatever that is, that's fine. Chris, you start us off. Okay, <clears throat> and I will focus. I'm looking for the name of the tag team.
0: Um, I think that one thing that is missing uh, in uh, in WWE right now are some uh, novelty um, uh, novelty celebrity tag teams. Right, bringing in somebody yeah. from outside of the wrestling world um i know that that one rapper got attacked Uh, yeah
1: that happened um you had gronk at mania last year yeah so i mean not counting ronda rousey
0: right and so i don't think that we're really getting a lot of uh a lot of variety in these in these these this new wave of celebrities it's all athletes uh so i want to get uh somebody from the musical world okay um uh So I'm I'm thinking that uh, I'm going to take Andre the Giant uh, from a time when he was known as the Giant Machine. Okay. Um, And I'm going to choose as his celebrity tag team partner, uh, Florence Welch. Welch. Their tag team name is Florence and the Giant Machine. Okay. I think that you've got uh, a, you know, a kind of like, wayfishly thin ethereal um british lady pop singer Mm -hmm. um and a, a gigantic uh french alp in human form uh together you've got kind of like the david and goliath thing going on um and i think that uh she can sing beautifully um and andre the giant is a beautiful soul that's a good good fit for them
2: Okay, so well, most of my uh, my experience with a lot of uh, modern hardcore matches comes from outside of WWE because they don't do it as much anymore. Hardcore we, hardcore
0: match is, uh, like
1: like tables, t- tables, ladders.
0: chair, fire, barbed wire, gotcha. stuff like that. Pin, yeah. uh, thumb tacks to to the pain.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: gotcha. That was a Princess Bride reference.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Uh, Thank you, Which Cactus Jack was the king, or maybe the prince of. I'm not going to try and... I I will not... uh, Terry Funk was the king. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you know anything about Terry Funk, Terry Funk was doing stuff that people in their 30s shouldn't be doing in his 60s. Although,
1: Uh, I will say, Sabu once had... His bicep ripped out of his arm after a nasty gash from, like, a ch- one of his triceps or something. Ripped out of his arm after a nasty gash from barbed wire. He shoved it back in his arm, taped it up, and finished the match. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Hardcore wrestling is insane. Um, it's people. I don't... But we did we did uh, agree to keep everything pretty much contained to the WWE oeuvre so that Chris didn't have to, like watch all of lucha underground.
0: Yeah. Um so wait wait a second. So is that the reason that Roman Reigns wears like body armor so that nobody tries to take a machete to him mid match and disembowel him? I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. I mean, that's just a, a smart move, I guess, you know, if people are getting their biceps hanging out of their arms and stuff, you know.
2: So while there are some people I might consider from other promotions who, you know, really fit that Cactus Jack extreme uh uh template i'm going to go with the person who the most recently embodied it in wwe and that is dean ambrose okay the lunatic fringe the
0: lunatic fringe oh, and man. in fact okay going into his match with brock lesnar <laughs> i feel like a fucking uh, fifth grader just doing his recitation or something just like who is dean ambrose he's the lunatic fringe <laughs> yep he was once part of uh, shield the yes. shield, shield, yeah, the shield, yeah. They were like Yay. they were like a douche cop trio, and everything was great until Roman Reigns was like, "I'm gonna win everything," and Dean Ambrose was like, "I'm going crazy," and uh, Seth Rollins was Seth Ralling? 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 Rollins, 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 like um, the basketball, and Seth and Seth Rollins was just like, "I'm gonna grease my hair up a bunch." That's what I know about Shield. Okay. Thank you. Do I, get, do I get a gold star? On you my get a gold star. We're out of gold stars. Yeah, um... But you do get a star.
1: You, you totally get a star for the day. A silver star. For not remembering that Seth Rollins was the one who turned his back on the Shield. Uh, you know, I'm not even...
2: Anyway. Uh, Anyways. Uh, they ran a series of vignettes where hardcore legends were, uh, giving, uh, their, their hardcore weapons to Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And, uh... I think there would be nothing better than the Lunatic Fringe and Cactus Jack rolling into the ring uh, with 2 by 4s covered in barbed wire uh, as as the range. They are uh, the wilderness. They are what is out there. And they're coming for you. It's never safe out there alone on the range.
0: (laughs) Dean Ambrose... In like, fucking cowboy boots is all I'm seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm buying it. You know he could rock a vest. <laughs> Bob Orton style. Oh, man. Oh, I love Cactus Jack and Dean Ambrose together. That's seems... That was supposed to be a feud. What? <laughs> you didn't know that? No! no when no, was that
2: T- supposed to happen? Dean Ambrose was supposed to debut in the WWE in a feud with um, uh, Mick Foley, but he wasn't they couldn't get McFoley med- medically cleared because his spine is basically papier mache.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for remembering the pronunciation from that from the Bond draft. Yes. <laughs> we are friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! I think uh. like they cut a promo
2: for it that was a uh, a uh, backdoor. Like it was mm-hmm. just Dean Ambrose like accosting McFoley. Outside of a of a match, oh, and that was sec- like put up on YouTube as some weird local indie wrestler is coming after McFoley. Foley, and that was supposed to be oh, the seed for and it. And then
0: McFoley Foley was never radically
2: cleared to wrestle after that. Well, it, they didn't fight; it was just a face to face.
1: Oh my god! I have oh, that's too perfect. Ben, Ben, Ben gets this
0: point. That's all right. That's lovely. Um, <sighs> I came up with like the best pun <laughs> that I could think of. I should have known better.
1: So, uh, that was... The Range is a terrible name. Uh, it is but, a totally
2: WWE name.
1: That's true. The bar. Uh, but <laughs> it's... uh The tag team is too perfect to ignore. Okay. Um, that's a decisive victory for Ben. Oh.
0: Uh,
1: which puts everyone tied at five points.
0: Alright, so I'm adding... Um andre the giant to my stable of uh draft picks that should have done much better he's gonna go and hang out with fucking cap and crunch <laughs> um and and rush 2112 um they're gonna make their revenge at some point in the future probably they're gonna take a crowbar to like your future draft picks but all right,
1: all right. chris you're the ref for the last match around round two
0: okay it's a good thing i'm so impartial <clears throat> All right. I'm just going to addend without using a pun to the beginning of both of these <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got the polar opposite of uh, of one of our uh, recent criteria, Kayfabe is dead What did your wrestler do to kill it? Good timing on that one <clears throat> And secondly Who has the best finishing move? All right, let's uh, consult our draft genie uh, to see who's going to be selecting first. I am. Okay, cool. I always have problems uh, interpreting the Sanskrit runes uh, that tell us who should go first in picking.
1: Yeah, I had to study them for a long time. Um, Hailing from San Antonio, Texas, weighing 225 pounds, my pick... The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Cool. All right.
2: Standing six foot two, weighing 287 pounds from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, Mankind.
0: Six foot two, 285 pounds. Man, I should have gotten into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Six foot three, and just a hair more than that number, hailing from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. What what will be my wrestler name? You can't use
1: your actual name in WWE because they make you trademark it. So oh, maybe gee. you're like Chris Rawls, Rolls, or something. No, you could be uh, you could be Chris the Royce Rolls, and you could be like a rich dude.
0: I would just be Wah. Wah R O I stands for King.
1: Okay.
0: It, it, wow. One name. I would speak only French, uh, and I'd have to have an interpreter.
1: I mean, you could they take. They tried
0: that. And yeah. It didn't go well. <laughs> yeah.
1: That that didn't end well for Rene Dupree. Um...
2: Oh, no. They had a guy who only spoke German. Oh.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyway. Um, well, they're doing I was going to say, you can take um, doing one it right of now Chris with Rusev, right? <laughs> no, no. Rusev speaks. Okay. Uh, just not that there much. There was a while there where he didn't. Yeah. yeah um, sure. You could take one of Chris Jericho's early gimmicks and be like a hockey player
0: oh cool yeah what about maybe um like kind of like he's a uh, he's got like the soul of an artist he's good at music and crafts um and he's he's witty um you know kind of like uh, a tendency towards toxic <gasps> relationships um you're the draft dodger
1: you you're you're up in Canada <laughs> <laughs>
0: That fits, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, well, uh, <laughs> I'll be making my official debut next week when I don't show up to record this podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, number one, kayfabe is dead. What did your wrestler do to kill it?
1: Um, Shawn Michaels actually kind of famously killed kayfabe. Yeah. Twice. So uh, the first incident is significantly less famous. Um it was uh I believe Razor Ramon's last match. Um I might have been Diesel's last match. The two of them left WWF yeah. at the same time for WCW. And um them along with Triple H and I believe he was still the 123 kid, were all really good friends backstage and so after the match um they, he, like, came out and gave them, like, a two-sweet, which was, like, their thing back then even, and to, like, see them off, even though they were feuding at the time. Okay. Um, so he kind of famously <clears throat> broke kayfabe to say goodbye to his friend. Um, he more famously broke kayfabe with the Montreal Screwjob. Um, for those at home who might not be aware of the Montreal Screwjob, uh, this is one of the most infamous incidences of professional res- in professional wrestling. Um, Brett Hart, very similarly was leaving WWF for WCW. His contract had expired. He had signed with WCW. He was the champion for his last match. This was, um, survivor series, I believe. 1994. Yeah. Something like 94 is 95, 96 or something in there. Um, and, uh, Brett Hart, uh, had made a deal with Vince McMahon, where he would leave WWF as the champion. He would leave the belt. He wouldn't take the belt with him to WCW, obviously. Uh, but he would be able to finish out his run as champion. And that was very important to Bret Hart. Um, what he didn't know is that Bret Hart was losing that match even though he had been told he was going to win. Um, so you have Earl Hebner is the ref. He fast counts. That's a pin. The,
0: that's the evil twin of the other
1: Yes, ref. actually, it is the evil twin of the other ref. Okay, um, cool. From... To, to reference back to earlier conversations. Um, and uh, so Sean gets a quick pin and it's a super fast three count when it was only supposed to be two. Brett doesn't know what's going on. Earl runs in back. Uh, Sean is the champion. Uh, Brett, I believe punches Vince in the face on his way out of the yep. ring. Um, Vince was at ringside for the whole thing, which was weird too. On commentary. He, he was on commentary, but he was like, when it happened, he was ringside. He wasn't at the booth. Yeah. Um, so very, very famously uh, screwed over Bret Hart and in the process killed Fabe.
2: Okay, well, it's fitting that this came now because I've got a bit of a revelation for you, uh, Chris. Mankind, Cactus Jack, and Dude Love are all the same guy. What?! <laughs> <laughs> they're all mcfoley uh and uh his ability to interview himself while introducing himself was all clever camera tricks and chicanery uh Damn, i knew it
1: yeah I, I knew it and i just didn't i didn't trust my my gut you know i was i was right there with you chris i'm shocked by this revelation
2: it it, it it's terrifying and just as just as your faces you know we're shocked now Triple H's was when, when Cactus Jack was first sent into the ring. Uh, but more importantly than one man playing three characters on the same TV show was his book, Have a Nice Day. Uh, it was his autobiography. New York Times bestseller. New York Times bestseller told his story of being a kid who, you know, was a high school wrestler on the same high school wrestling team as Kevin James, the actor. Oh. Yeah. Uh uh
0: he... oh, there's a there's a missed opportunity, man. That that dude would have done much better in wrestling.
2: Probably, yeah. I I think he's made plenty of money. Uh he's still got that King of Queens money
0: rolling in. Yeah, and he's doing another T V show with Leah Romini. And they're not married now and like, come on, how is the audience supposed to make that jump, you know? Anywho, uh That's not the title of it, just to be clear. (laughs) How's the audience supposed to make this jump? A new sitcom starring (laughs) that guy. Today's podcast brought to you by the latest in a series of a funny dude gets a story about him having a wife that's pretty hot.
2: Cool. But it detailed his life going through the indies, going through ECW, and becoming a WWE champion. It detailed... (laughs) the life and backstage of uh, kayfabe and the real intricacies of the wrestling industry at a time where kayfabe was dying. Uh, Where if you went to any uh, elementary school and said uh, wrestling is fake, somebody in an Undertaker t-shirt would punch you. Um, Okay. And it became a New York Times bestseller because he was really funny and really eloquent about uh, the inside of an industry that had been closed off for a hundred years. All right.
0: Uh, so so what we've got here are uh, a wrestler who helped to uh, f- famously screw over a exiting wrestler, um, resulting in a an obvious breach of kayfabe uh, and uh, a good deal of, of broken broken hearts and and bad feelings yeah yeah um and a uh a look behind the curtain into the whole uh idea of kayfabe and what a wrestler's life is like as he goes into that industry that is tough um and this maybe this is because i don't really no wrestling as much so maybe maybe if i really knew about the notoriety of the montreal screw job i might put it over uh but i feel like uh a look behind the curtain uh into the entire industry might be doing a little bit more to hurt kfabe than um one uh booking that didn't go the way that somebody thought would so all right all right next criteria who has the best finishing move or are we like no. oh my god in this nope nope
1: that
2: Chris, was I, I that was like, a joke oh <laughs> my god mankind has the most ugh, disgusting finishing move he reaches into his trousers and pulls out a rancid like disgusting sock and then shoves it in your mouth until you give up it's like what like like just hurting someone isn't enough you have to give them like your sweaty disgusting you've been fighting somebody for 20 minutes in spandex sock in their mouth like don't gag me with mr socko
1: so like what have i done sean michaels like he does this thing where he uh he like stands in the corner. And he, like, stomps his foot after he beats you up bad, waiting for you to stand up. So you, like, know it's coming, and it builds this anticipation. And he calls it tuning up the band, right? And he's tuning up the band to play that sweet, sweet chin music, which is his finishing move. And that's where he goes, and he kicks you so hard in the face, you fall over. It's a really stiff, hard kick, and he kicks you right in the chin, and you're just like, oh my god. I'm on the ground now. What happened? Wait. Shin music
0: or chin music?
1: Chin. Chin. Sweet chin music. Okay. It was shin a- music
0: is Dude Loves move. I was, like, <laughs> was yeah. going to say, it's like, are you guys trying to pull one over on no. me here? I believe I heard something. That about was this. that was the accent. Uh, okay. So, me there. so, um, so wait, was, was shin music a response to chin music? Yes. yes, it was.
1: It was a really, he would stop and then he would kick you in the
2: leg and then DDT you. <laughs> <Cool. laughs>
0: The more you know. Yep.
1: Um, But, like, Sweet Chin Music has been repurposed by a handful of other wrestlers and called the Super Kick. Um, And it's all over the place. Even, like, the hottest indie tag team ever, the Young Bucks, do this thing called the Super Kick Party, where they just, like, super kick all over the place. It's crazy. (laughs) It's a pretty sweet move. So sweet that a bunch of sweet people use it. Okay, so you stomp. You stomp. You stomp your foot. You tune up the band. And then you bend so that you can play the
0: music. So you can play the music, and the music is kicking somebody in the face as hard as you can. Yep. Yep. yep, That's my number right there. (laughs) Yep. That one goes to Sweet Chin Music. It's a pretty sweet finishing move. Oh my god! Like it doesn't even come out of nowhere. Uh, Mr. Sacco doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of pretty close to nowhere. (laughs) Really deep, smelly nowhere. Mick Foley, very
1: famously hated doing laundry on the road (laughs) so soko was not a pleasant experience for anyone um there's a
0: uh so so is is that like a like that that might have been one of the few finishers that was just as unpleasant if you believed that the whole thing was fake yeah totally it it sucked interesting Um,
1: to the point where when wrestlers knew they were fighting mick because he was so famously cheap and not doing laundry and not buying new socks, yeah, they would buy him a sock to use.
0: <laughs> so the whole thing was, was basically just a, a scam to get more socks then. Yeah, it, totally. It, it might have been. Yeah. yeah. Dude, after my own heart, <laughs> fresh socks are the greatest. I just bought a bunch of fresh socks. Oh, that's nice. Sock Purge. Congratulations. For my, well, for my trip. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tiebreaker. Our podcast brought to you today by Bombus Socks. <laughs> and found a way <laughs> to put in another uh plea for <laughs> hey um one one of these days they're going to pay us for what we are giving away for free i just know it that makes so <laughs> much sense which wrestler has the i'm like struggling not to say like which wrestler has the... <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god which wrestler has the better legacy Slash is the goat. It's
1: greatest of all time.
0: Yep. Yes, goat. Yeah. Which of your wrestlers is a goat?
1: Uh, Shawn Michaels is widely considered to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, so much so that when someone says they are the greatest of all time, they say that that's the case because they're better than Shawn Michaels. Um, whether or not that is true at any given moment Um, Shawn Michaels had an excellent career in the late 80s and early 90s um, hurt his back really badly retired for shit what like six seven years he was out and then returned and had another excellent run in the 2000s Um, Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair Shawn Michaels uh, was retired by The Undertaker
0: in one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. He was retired like like The, Undertake t- the Undertaker killed him and took him back to hell? Um,
1: well, not quite. So the year before, they had had a match at WrestleMania, and Undertaker won. But it was really close, and Shawn Michaels was just like, man, one more chance. And uh, Undertaker was all like, we'll do it again, but the loser retires. And he beat Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels retired. And this was, I think, two or three years after Shawn Michaels had a similar match with Ric Flair that put Ric Flair into retirement. Interesting. Okay. Ben.
2: So, aside from being a hardcore champion, aside from being uh, one of the funniest and most genuine guys in in wrestling, uh, always somebody uh, you love to hear talk about it, uh, Mick Foley has had a ton of work outside. He's been the commissioner of of WWE several times or he's the man putting together the matches so even though he can't physically wrestle anymore, he's still been in and around the business. He's also been running charities because he's huge into Santa Claus uh, and so he runs uh, a lot of charities Gives, uh, he wrote a book about Santa Claus, uh, and he makes sure everybody gets a Christmas. Uh, and you know he's an all-around great guy. He he loves the business. He loves everyone. That's funny it.
0: because Mick Foley is like an anti-Santa Claus, isn't he?
2: I mean, but but don't let this distract <laughs> you from the fact that in 1998, Undertaker threw mankind off Hell in a Cell and plummeted 16 through feet through an announce table. <laughs> he's become a meme. <laughs>
0: uh... I think in the battle of legacy in the ring versus legacy out of the ring, um, I think the meme wins. Um, also, uh, mankind, one of the few wrestlers that I, as a uh, tiny little Canadian child actually knew about. So, all right. And now to the final. Well, what, what was the result of that one?
1: Uh, that is a victory for Ben, putting Ben at seven points. I am at six points, and Chris, you are at five points. Damn but it.
0: I should have, like, disqualified both of you guys.
1: That's not how the game works. I'm what? But, but, gentlemen, it is time to take this battle royal and make it a royal rumble. <gasps> Wait a second. That wasn't bleeped, and that wasn't an accident.
0: Wait, so so you, you're saying that for this episode, we don't have to bleep um, the WWE Royal Rumble?
1: As, well, normally we don't have to bleep the WWE Royal Rumble because we're referring to their distinct intellectual property, and that's different from what we do, which is the Nerdfight Battle Royal. But we don't have to bleep that we are the nerd fight Royal Rumble right now. Oh, I'm just getting goosebumps saying it.
2: You're going to get so confused next time when we try and do this. <laughs> I know. Because
1: we gentlemen are about to have a Royal Rumble. Before us, we have two piles. One with all of our wrestlers and another with quick criteria. How this is going to work is, Ben, since you were in first, you'll draw the first two wrestlers. You'll pick the two out, and then one criteria, whoever is not judging the match, or whoever's not competing in the match, will be the quick judge, and the winner stays in, will draw another name, and we'll just keep going All right, until there is one person left.
2: First, coming in one and two, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, no out of nowhere who catches
1: the RKO and who catches Randy Orton okay um Shawn Michaels is going to try and counter the RKO by pushing back on, on the, the ball, Viper ball python? on the ball python yeah and uh using his leg strength from all that sweet chin music and tuning up the band meanwhile Ric Flair having been an evolution with Randy Orton is familiar with his shenanigans and not caught surprised by the RKO he knows it's coming
0: but it's out of nowhere So he doesn't know it's coming.
1: Oh, he knows it's coming. All right. Giving this one to Ric Flair. Third entry into the first ever Draft the Universe Royal Rumble. John Cena. Who is harder to
2: throw over the top rope? I'm going to go with John Cena. The guy is built like a truck. He's huge. He's strong. And he doesn't lose.
1: John Cena's been eliminated from a bunch of Royal Rumbles. Ric Flair, usually the champion, or too old when they come around. Uh, He's wily (laughs) as fuck. He's just gonna hide out under the ring or do something ridiculous, um, have Arn at ringside to throw him back in. He's got all kinds of options.
0: Um, Yeah, that one's going to Ric Flair. I don't want to throw an old guy over the top rope. Next entrant is... (sighs) Uh, Ric Flair versus Mankind. Which wrestler makes the best face or heel turn to win the Rumble? I'm going to go with Mankind. He's always kind of crazy. You never know where he's
2: going to go. He can be over as a face. He can be underhanded as a heel. But either way, you know he's dangerous.
0: Danger!
1: Ric Flair is the stylin', profilin', limousine, ridin', jet, flyin', kiss, and wheel and dealin', son of a gun. All right, that is his game. And when it comes to wheeling and dealing, there is none better than Ric Flair. So he's going to make friends, turn face, and then when it's just them left in the ring, he's going to throw them out.
0: This one's going to the Nature Boy.
1: Woo! All right. Who's coming in
2: next? It is China.
1: Ninth Wonder of the World.
2: Get out of here, Vince Russo. What's on a poll uh, to motivate your pick? Uh,
0: what's on the top of the poll? Yep. Um, that would be a signed adult film contract to star in the porn remake of Guardians of the Galaxy version, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay. fair She plays Batista. Sorry if I didn't make <laughs> that clear.
1: <laughs> on the top of that poll, for Ric Flair, the only thing that will motivate him more than anything and that is John Cena's ability to beat his heavyweight championship title reign number.
2: Got to give that one to Ric Flair. (sighs) Woo! (sighs) Ric Flair
1: versus Matt Hardy. Best ring gear. Okay, so Matt Hardy, in his woken brilliance, is in this super red and black... Not quite Paisley like sleeveless trench coat with like giant metal clasps. This thing looks like it belongs at a rent fair. Ric Flair, beautiful white and gold sequined robe with the nature boy on the back.
0: The robe is iconic.
1: <laughs> Woo Oh boy.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh Ric Flair versus Kurt Angle why you had stone cold with a
2: car. Because he started the what chant. <laughs> what? Because he started the what chant. What? Because he started
0: the what chant. What? Because he started the what chant. What? Beca- has he, he, he ruined perfectly good beer. Because he doesn't know how to fucking drink beer. He does not know how to drink beer. He's the world's worst beer drinker. <laughs> and that
1: might upset Ric Flair. If it was, like, whiskey. Or champagne Or champagne, But that's not why Ric Flair hit Stone Cold with a car. No, Ric Flair is coming after Stone Cold with a car. Because he did it for Hunter. I did it for Triple H. Mm. <laughs> I have a very poor Rikishi impression. Yes, you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard to remember... Uh, what?! I was going to go with... um, Do you know what I was going to go with? You're going to go with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. All right. I mean, that's the best reason to hit Stone Cold with a car. (laughs) I got nothing.
1: All right, next up, Kurt Angle versus... Sting. It's a slobber knocker. Who hits harder?
2: Kurt Angle is an Olympic champion who won the gold with a broken freaking neck who uh, picked up and angle slammed... Brock Lesnar. Sting needs a bat, a bat to hit as hard as uh, Kurt Angle does with his fists.
0: Sting's soulful grooves and sharp, creative, savant lyricism, they hit you really hard, right in the depths of your soul. Don't stand so close to me.
1: Kurt Angle. Yeah.
2: Okay, Manny Yarbrough versus Kurt Angle.
1: All right. Pitch a new eighty styles gimmick. Whoever Hulk puts over wins.
2: Um, he's Kurt Angle. He's the Olympic hero. He's dressed, decked out in American flag, uh, wearing stars and stripes. Got his uh, you know, giant. Clearly not his actual gold, like gold medal, like dinner plate sized
0: gold medal he's the american hero
1: say your prayers and eat your vitamins kids chris what do you got
0: manny weighs 882 pounds he's the guinness world record holder for the heaviest living athlete you're not in the ring with him he is the ring
1: Mm, hulk's still gonna scoop slam him kurt angle gets it all right
0: Okay, uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho. What did your wrestler pull from under the ring, or from ringside, to help them win this Royal Rumble? He pulled a hose connected to his milk truck.
2: Milk everywhere. Real thing. He did. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> huh. Okay. After after Stone Cold drove out in a beer truck and sprayed everyone with beer, he came out in a milk truck and sprayed everyone with milk. Cause. He's, he's the wholesome American boy. Yeah, that happened.
0: <laughs> Why are wrestlers so bad at drinking?
1: <laughs> um, Chris Jericho is going to stop Kurt Angle from covering him and everyone else in milk by pulling out a beautiful painting depicting their friendship.
2: Aww. <laughs> Aww. Friendship. I think 100% of his friendship paintings have been destroyed.
1: Um, they have a bad record, <laughs> but that's only when his stupid ex-best friends
0: destroy them. This one goes to friendship over milk, and I never thought that that would be the, the way it's decided. So, <laughs> Chris Jericho versus Cactus Jack. Describe a Kofi spot for your wrestler. Bonus points for silly or awesome.
1: All right. So Chris Jericho has his best friend at the time, which is me because I'm his new tag team partner, eliminated out of the Rumble. I'm there cheering him on. And when Chris comes and he's about to get knocked over, as soon as he gets over the top rope, he like grabs onto my hand and through the power of friendship, I swing him back up with his feet not touching the ground until he gets back on the mat.
2: Okay. Cactus Jack is so covered in barbed wire, he can't actually touch the ground. So he's able to roll himself back up into the ring. Oh,
1: God. Oh, God. <laughs> Barbed wire tumbleweed. Oh, that's, that's terrifying. <sighs> oh, no. Cactus Jack versus Dude Love. <laughs> <laughs> Which wrestler does yours team up with who's already been eliminated from this rumble to beat the other pair?
2: Mankind? Mankind.
1: Okay. Cactus Jack gets it. Alright. <laughs>
2: uh, Oscar. Cactus Jack versus Asuka.
1: What's the name of your wrestler's podcast? Points for puns or alliteration.
0: Asuka me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ben? Uh.
2: Uh. Barbed wires and. Barbed wire and bad hotels.
1: Asuka has it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Asuka versus Andre the Giant. Who has the best guest spot on Star Trek? Andre the Giant uh, has a guest spot on. um, Original series uh, as a piece of sentient scenery. Um, He's a friendly talking boulder. um, And. Asuka gets painted green, uh, also in the original series, uh, and totally uh, beats the crap out of Kirk for getting a little handsy. Uh, and that one's going Asuka. You don't <laughs> get to make that call. <laughs> but it goes to Oscar. <laughs> Last right. match. Last match.
1: Number uh, 29.
2: Asuka versus AJ Styles. Whew. This is a good match. All right. Best non-finiture slash signature move.
1: AJ Styles, he doesn't use it that much anymore. Uh, but the spiral tap, which is a corkscrew senton bomb.
0: Asuka uh, does a, a stink face. It's where they rub their butt in somebody's face and uh, humiliate them. And she uh, very quietly mouths a threat to write their name in a black notebook.
1: Oscar has it. Oh no! No!
2: No! That—that's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has won the Rumble.
0: Oh, I oh, should have known better. Motherfucker! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Okay, so damn it! The one thing that Oscar never saw coming was seventeen consecutive Superman punches. Uh, followed by five spears.
2: So, like, who, who would have known in a Royal Rumble somehow Roman Reigns is going to win?
1: All right. Well, with Roman coming in and taking first.
0: Who could have seen that coming? He didn't break Asuka's streak. She straight up teleported out of the ring.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, which puts her in second. Uh, and hence you, Chris. Uh, that puts me in third and Ben in fourth. I didn't even know that was possible.
2: I need to write a strongly worded letter to the commissioner.
0: All right, well, excluding Roman Reigns, of course, uh, who who could have seen that coming, right? Yeah, I did um, not expect that. But, I mean, maybe, maybe just a tiny bit less unforeseen was uh, a total wrestling noob. Um, well, I guess I'm not a, a noob, but, like... Um, yeah, you know, like, I'm just a young, a young a young scrappy Canuck, with a lot of with a lot of heart and
1: a hockey gimmick
0: and a and a beard. Yeah.
1: So Chris, uh, as you took second, oh, under Roman Reigns, you get the most points. Since I took third, um, I will pick the next topic,
2: and I'll get first pick. And you get first pick. Back to last place, right where I belong. All, All right, right. So what are you gonna pick for next week? What's what's our what's our? Oh no. I I didn't mean it. A mildly worded letter. A
0: mildly worded letter. God, I knew I was... I knew I shouldn't have told anybody about my death note. Guys, I've got good news. Oh?
1: Next week is another bye week.
0: Wait, good? We barely made it out alive from the last one.
1: Considering you've got that crazy notebook, and he was besmirching his name, I'm gonna count this as a W. Well, it
2: means I don't have to, uh... Uh, research anything while i'm traveling through germany so that's good but
1: our bi-week has a topic oh it's the marvel cinematic universe yeah. all right well i guess we'll see you next week
0: all right um thanks as always to the kickstand band for our theme song how it feels you can find their music at the kickstandband.bandcamp.com
2: and feel free to send us any uh ideas for future topics or criteria at uh, drafttheuniverse at gmail.com
1: and join the conversation follow us on twitter at drafttheverse use the hashtag drafttheuniverse and facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse
0: oh shit guys we forgot to get cactus jack out of his, his, his razor oh it's reach.
1: rolling away oh, oh no, no. Ah. <laughs> okay no
0: no it looks like dude loves got him
2: dude loves got okay. him uh, mankind go help okay
1: it's a
0: like the Easter Bunny like how how kids they're like oh the Easter Bunny is not real and then I punch him in the face and then I get thrown out of my school and I have to come to, to the United States ah okay yeah
1: yeah the
2: Easter Bunny that's is that's how totally everybody real. ends up in the United States yeah by punching a kid
1: mhm
0: yeah totally yes and yeah I mean that, that was the end of my story okay I mean,
1: yeah
2: okay I'm
0: done